Six Steps to Getting Started with Machine Learning in SEO with Lazarina Stoy. The InSearch SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. How much of your SEO are you automating? And did you know that automating what you're currently doing could help you do it faster and with a greater level of accuracy? Today, we're discussing the six steps to getting started with machine learning in SEO, with an SEO manager specializing in all things technical and data. She's also a content creator, sharing data studio dashboards, scripts, and other useful tools, helping and aspiring other SEOs to get through tasks a little more efficiently. Welcome to the SEO and data science manager at Intrepid Digital, Lazarina Stoy. Hello there, happy to be here. Hello, happy to have you here. Well, you can find Lazarina over at lazarinastoy.com. So, uh, Lazarina, how long until the machines take over SEO? <laughs> oh, I hope, uh, I hope long time. <laughs> we, we need to take over the machines so we can be more efficient, I think. <laughs> They're not taking over us. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe a, a neural link to the brain will help that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're ba- way better than them. We just need to use them properly, I believe. <laughs> Channel them we where we, we need where we need them. There's there's positivity for you. So uh, today <laughs> we're discussing the six steps to getting started with the machine learning and SEO. So starting off with number one, understand your limiting beliefs and overcome them. Yeah. So this this little step is about um, actually thinking about what's stopping you from actually pursuing machine learning a little bit more. Like what's stopping you from um, getting started with automation and like doing things that are, you know, the fancy new scripts and tools and things like that. Because oftentimes I hear a lot of people really inspired by uh, new technology and they want to try it, but um, they have these limiting beliefs that are stopping them from doing so. And uh, it's not something that is unique or specific to the SEO industry. Actually, this is something that has been very widely recognized in the machine learning community as well, because it's a problem that a lot of the developers actually have, uh, why they are not themselves starting with machine learning. And actually... um, uh, data scientist, very famous in the machine learning community, Jason Brownlee, he has actually made a list of maybe some limiting beliefs or maybe some reasons why you are not getting started. And if I have to put them in statements, um, it's often the things that we say to ourselves, like you have to be a Python expert to start or a coding expert to start, or you have to know what the machine uh, learning field, like end-to-end, A-to-Z, what it does, like what each algorithm does in order to get started. Or maybe you have to have a lot of free time to start or you have to have like, you know, some time in your schedule or the perfect PC or whatever else you may be telling yourself. Or uh, like the most difficult one to overcome is that you, you think it's very difficult or challenging to get started. While most of machine learning experts are actually going to tell you like executing a machine learning model literally takes three lines of code it's about understanding your data and like knowing where and when you can apply it that's the difficult part so uh yeah so overcoming these limiting beliefs is the first step because actually it's not hard to get started you you can literally google um you know, machine learning in 10 minute tutorials and, uh, you know, start small and build a habit every single day. And that way, if you're just waiting to get started and you're feeling some constraints, uh, 
like mentally while you're not started, you can see that it's a very small step that you need to do. You just have to book 10 minutes of your schedule and, you know, get started. And once you execute your first script or install, you know, the, the libraries and everything, uh, then you're going to see that it's actually not that challenging. Um, and uh, it, then the game shifts a little bit, then you just have to see where you can apply the models uh, to the day-to-day -day life of an SEO. Uh, and that's the fun part, to be honest. Understood. So um, essentially what you're saying is um, don't let technology stop you from doing things. You don't have to understand all aspects of the technology before you actually get started. It's a lot like in the field of SEO, like you don't have to understand end-to-end -end everything in order to get your foot through the door. Uh, you just have to have the passion and the desire to do it. I think the challenge is that many SEOs are of the mindset that they want to understand everything before doing something. I think they've got that kind of brain where they kind of need to understand the why before doing something. Absolutely, yeah. Number two is understand common task specifications, solution specifications and data specifications in machine learning. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the data first. Uh, it, like you need to know when you are uh, searching for a specific, like let's say you've already passed step one, you have some daily practice, maybe like 10 minute tutorials, you see this is super cool and fancy, you've been doing it for a while. Uh, and now you kind of um, encounter a task in your day to day life. And you want to see whether machine learning is the correct solution to help you uh, overcome some challenges that you're facing. And the, uh, the three things that you need to think about are the data characteristics that you have. So the data set that you're going to um, apply machine learning to. And that can be textual, uh, numeric data, um, or it can also be image-based data. Um, but in a, we're talking about the beginner scenario here. Of course, you have other um, like multimodal machine learning where you apply like uh, video or audio files and you apply machine learning to them. But we're just talking about the beginner's uh, case here. Um, and most of the time, us SEOs, uh, the tasks that we give the um, model are going to be text-based. So for instance, the content on the page, or they're going to be numeric. So for instance, if you're trying to predict organic traffic, or you're trying to predict the number of clicks that you're going to get, and things like that. Um, and when it comes to task characteristics, we know that there are two main fields in machine learning, like supervised and unsupervised. Um, and we need to know the main um, kind of models uh, that you can, in the most common case, use for these uh, specific type of tasks. So for instance, supervised learning means that you have labeled data to validate the output of the model. And unsupervised means the opposite. You don't have a way to validate the results. And in supervised learning, you have things like regression, which is about making predictions, or classification, which means splitting into groups based on existing classes. Um, and just to give you an example of both of these things, making predictions, we already discussed, like predicting organic traffic or things like that, that is a good uh, case, especially when you're working with big data or uh, classifications splitting into groups. For instance, if you have a part of your blog that you already have categorized with specific categories and you have new content um, that you want to uh, classify into one of these specific groups, that's where you uh, can use uh, classification to help you. Uh, and you can also, uh, in supervised learning, you have clustering, dimensionality reduction, which are a little bit more advanced uh, that you're probably going to use um, 
like when you have a very large um, set of data or when you have a problem that uh, you don't really have a way to validate. And oftentimes you might be able to combine the two approaches as well. And uh, yeah, when it comes to the solution characteristics, the most important thing to know is when and where you should be applying machine learning. Um, and uh, on my website in a blog um, for Beginner's Guide to Machine Learning, I've actually listed a couple of flowcharts that can help you to go through the process of um how you are applying machine learning and whether that's the correct use case for it. So for instance, if you're not working with big data, uh, then it, it is not machine learning. It can literally be done in a spreadsheet and or like a Google sheet with a couple of statistical formulas because essentially at its core, most of the machine learning models are exactly that, uh, statistics. Um, and uh, yeah, if... if uh, it's mission critical as well, like the task that you're doing, you shouldn't be relying on machine learning at all. Um, and if you need to relate to your stakeholders the way that the results have been achieved, or maybe try to explain or replicate that model's output, uh, there are certain models that you should be avoiding, for instance, unsupervised machine learning or deep learning, because most of them um, work kind of like a black box. And it's quite difficult, uh, especially with big data, to kind of uh, replicate uh, what the model has done in order to reach the output. Um, so just uh, a lot of food for thought here. Um, but uh, I just want to say that if you understand these three things and you, you're able to say for your specific problem, um, okay, I have that my data is textual, the model that I need is regression based or maybe like classification based or whatever it is. Like, So you need to pinpoint what your data is, what your task is, and you need to understand what type of solution are you going to be looking for. And if if you can do that, then um, it's going to be a lot easier to, f to find the appropriate resources to help you with your goal. And number three is enable daily practice and start going through the motions. Yeah, so uh, I think I touched on this uh, in a previous step, but daily practice is crucial. And um, what that means for me personally is... Uh, I would like to do something related to uh, Python because that's my uh, go-to language, uh, but it could be JavaScript, it could be whatever uh, other language that you're interested in and that you can find enough resources for machine learning in. Um, and try to do something related to machine learning every day. Now, that might not be full-blown, you know, projects every single day because that might take a lot of time, especially if you're working in a, on a big project. But um, it might be understanding, for instance, how functions work. It might be, uh, you know, running uh, a model based on uh historic data that you have or maybe like incorporating machine learning into your uh, audits uh, finding new ways to test like machine learning so daily practice is crucial and it kind of keeps you on your toes uh, specifically because it helps you uh, find uh, find out what machine learning can do essentially and if you uh, know what it can do then when you get on with your daily role, it's going to be a lot easier for you to find opportunities to embed machine learning into processes. And I do want to highlight here, it doesn't mean that you should have fully automated solutions that work with the click of a button and you know you, you, you can fully automate your job. Um, it means that if you can split your specific project that you're working on uh, 
in 10 different bits. Uh, and if, if you can help yourself automating or embedding machine learning in maybe two of these 10, then you, you can have a lot more time to focus on the output of the rest of these 10. Or maybe you can use this time as well for career advancing projects, like uh, working on your leadership communication and things like that. So essentially, it's about knowing when and where to use machine learning. And the best uh, way to do this is to get familiar with it. So daily practice is key for that. Which brings us up to number four, when encountering new tasks, assess the task, solution and data characteristics to understand whether machine learning is really needed at all. Yeah, so... Uh, again, something I touched upon uh, before. So you, there are different ways that you can assess, um, like whether machine learning is needed. Um, and I already mentioned those couple of flowcharts. Um, but essentially, every single task that you encounter, let's take for example, um, writing meta descriptions, um, because that's something that we we do quite often. Um, well we shouldn't be spending too much time on it. We know that they're not very important for SEO, but as part of an on-page optimization project, that's something that you should do. You should optimize them. And uh, like, let's deconstruct the task here. If you say that your input data is textual, that means that, yes, it's the page content. So it's textual. And what what is the task in that case? Is it supervised or unsupervised? We know that it's unsupervised because there's no way for us to validate the results of the output. We have to do it ourselves, you know, we don't have an automated way to do it. Um, in that case, we are going to be looking for a model that is transformational, for instance, um, taking the text uh, of the page and uh, transforming it uh, to um, less than 160 characters output. Uh, so taking sentences from the text uh, means um, extraction, or it can also uh, be summarization as well. Um, but another way to do this is to use a generative model like GPT-3. We uh, give it uh, the input, uh, so the text on the page, and uh, it generates the meta descriptions, writes them from scratch, essentially. And do we... Uh, just reverting back to whether it's mission critical, we know that it's not. So machine learning is good for this type of exercise. Um, is it okay that sometimes when you run this model for the same type of page, you might get different outputs? So for instance, if you run the model twice, you might get two different meta descriptions for the same page. That's absolutely okay. We can choose from both of them. That's not a problem at all. Um, and do we need an explanation of how we have written these meta descriptions? No, not at all. Um, and we, we wouldn't need to be explaining to our stakeholders how we have done this. Um, and does it outperform average methods? A very important question when you want to assess whether you want to use machine learning. Um, and we can say yes, absolutely, because it's much faster. So if you if you kind of take this framework and apply it to the tasks that you're wondering whether whether you should be using machine learning for them or not, um, then uh, you you might find very quickly which tasks are suitable for machine learning and which tasks are not. Um, and just to give you an example, that might also depend on the niche as well, because uh, if we take the absolutely same example for titles in H1s. 
um, we might say that for a niche that is very uh, non-competitive, not uh, important in terms of it's not your money or your life type of thing, um, then we might say absolutely the same thing stands. Uh, it's not mission critical. Um, the task can be automated. We can implement machine learning and we don't need to give explanations how we have written the titles and the H1s. But if we say, for instance, our client is HMRC, we, we know that this is very important to get this right. You know, we don't want to be suggesting some titles or uh, H1s or meta descriptions that are not completely on point. Uh, so it, you, you might also feel sometimes that uh, your client or the industry that you work in or the site, particular site that you're working on, um, they might be the reason why you cannot implement some of these um, tools. So I think that leads us quite nicely up to number five, which is when working with machine learning, understand its limitations and scrutinize the output. Absolutely. This this one is very important because um, the amount of times that I've thought that something can be done with machine learning and I've implemented a model or tested a script or anything like that, uh, because there are so many scripts out there, honestly, if you if you know how to search for them, uh, there's almost a script for any task that you can think of. You just have to know how to implement it to the particular problem in SEO. Um, and the amount of times I've tested some and uh ended up not using the output is a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to know really what machine learning can do. And um, right now, machine learning is at a stage where it's very good at narrow tasks, but most of the models, the way that, ha that, that they are trained, and as a beginner, you are going to be most of the time using pre-trained models. You're not going to be training them yourself and... Um, that's a whole other topic on its own. Um, but if you are using pre-trained models um, and you're not training them yourself, most of the time you're going to see that the data set that they have been trained on is not particularly useful to the particular industry or it's not as in-depth as you might uh, want it to be. Um, and that's uh, particularly the case for uh, text-based tasks like NLP and things like that. Um, and here you just have to know two things. First of all, um, even having um, foundation to work with is a good enough thing to have. You know, like if you if you know that yes, for instance, the meta descriptions that the model has generated are not as good, um, but they can be fixed. Um, and you 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 think that if you edit them, it's going to be a lot quicker for you to generate the final output, then you should pat yourself on the back. You've done a great job because you have saved yourself a ton of time, even with that. And if you think that you uh, the output is just not useful at all, that doesn't mean that all machine learning is not useful. That just means that for this specific task, this specific model that you've used has not been useful. And that's perfectly okay because you can even say to your stakeholder, your client, we, we tested a few approaches, we tested an automated approach, and it didn't work because this and this reason. Uh, and then you can even use the model's output in order to co compare and contrast with the output that you or your team has generated. Uh, so in all cases, implementing or trying machine learning is going to make your case a lot stronger. You just have to know when 
to say, okay, we tried it, but it didn't work and how to use this to your advantage as well. And talking about output, that takes us neatly to number six, which is work collaboratively and set reasonable expectations. Uh, This last step uh, is all about knowing when you need help uh, and knowing how to get the right help. And here, I think that there's a few things that you can kind of pursue in order to get you the help that you need. First of all, is finding a machine learning buddy. So someone that is the same uh, type of person like you. So they work in the same industry, uh, they have the same type of problems, um, and you're thinking and encountering problems, uh, and you're researching for tasks kind of together. And when someone finds something that's useful for the role, then they share it with their buddy. Uh, And it helps you uh, keep yourself accountable, it helps you keep yourself motivated, and it's genuinely a very, very good thing to have. Um, Another solution here would be to join a tribe, like a machine learning tribe. Again, I'm going to quote Jason Brownlee here. Um, He he has created this chart, kind of like a breakdown of the different machine learning tribes that are out there. And for us as SEOs, um, we belong to either a business tribe. So those might be managers that are uh, trying to see whether automation or machine learning is uh, the correct problem uh, for their team or sorry, the, co- the correct solution for their problem or uh, whether it can be used for their team uh, or data tribes, uh, which are, for instance, data analysts that are trying to be a little bit better at understanding data. And the reason why I mentioned these two type of types of tribes specifically is that if you are in a group or community um, like that, you know that the people there are trying to um, find the same type of results, but their approach to the problem is kind of the same like yours. So you're not going to be scrutinized, for instance, if you don't know um, advanced concepts related to coding or the maths behind the machine learning model. You're going to be surrounded with people that are very sympathetic to the type of challenges that you have. And that might be different challenges than, for instance, if you are in a community with Python developers and you're asking, why is my model not working? And it turns out to be a coma or something like that. You you might feel a little bit more scrutiny. The results might be, uh, you know, the, the responses of your query might be a little bit more harsh and uh, we don't want you to feel unmotivated. So that's why I emphasize finding the right type of community or the right type of tribe. Um, and then uh, the third thing is, and I think this is something that you should um, apply regardless of what approach you choose, uh, that should be just uh, reaching out to developers whenever you can, uh, whenever you um feel like you cannot solve uh, the query on your own if you have spent like six hours on Stack Overflow and you're stuck in just one error and uh, you're feeling super demotivated, just reach out to someone. There are so many super, super skilled Python um, developers, even in the SEO community. If you reach out to them, they might have already encountered a problem like that. So they might give you the direction. Uh, and I'm not saying reach out to them so they can write your script for you, um, but they can just guide you in the right direction. And that can be very, very inspiring and motivating as well. Azarina, that was absolutely brilliant. I know that you can talk for weeks on machine learning for SEO. That was just um, a a brief introduction, uh, but it really demonstrates your knowledge and I'm sure you can dive into specific areas. 
it would be great to get you back at some point. Maybe we can get you back and dive into something like Python for SEO or some other, you know, more niche topic there. But um, absolutely superb. I'll tell you what, let, let's finish off with... The Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? I've thought about this a lot and I wanted to say something that I think... Uh, I haven't seen done that often. And for me, it's uh, SERP analysis. So we have uh, a lot of opportunity to analyze uh, search engine results pages, uh, especially at scale. So if you have already done your keyword research and you know the keywords where maybe your site is ranking, the ones that the site is not ranking, uh, and like the content gap and everything, I would say that if you can do a very wide scale SERP analysis, so using a tool like Data for SEO, um, that way you can uh, get a very, very good picture of the market, like who is ranking where, uh, what brands are you competing with, how are they structuring their titles, meta descriptions, how long their content is, and all sorts of analysis like that. Um, and if at that uh, level you know when and where to implement machine learning too, then that activity alone is going to influence your entire content strategy uh, and it's going to keep you on track uh, in order for you to remain competitive uh, later on as well. So it's something that you do once for the specific uh, client and project and you, you can use this for uh, like a couple of months uh, down the line to kind of guide you and influence you in many of the other strategies that you're going to do. I just want to dive into that. I want to keep on going and asking you more questions, but I know that um, that's going to take an extra half hour. So we don't have the time to do that just now. Hopefully we can get you back in a future episode. For now, I've been your host, David Bain. You're going to find Lazarina Stoy over at lazarinastoy.com. Lazarina, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.